Everybody relax. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everybody Relax podcast facilitated by your local neighborhood therapist, Trey. I know it's been a minute. Hope that your week is going well. Happy holidays to you. Um, Hope that you're having a wonderful time with your family and loved ones, man. This is an amazing time of the year. Um, I still ain't putting no lights up, man. Man, I keep forgetting. Let me put the lights up, but it's almost Christmas, so it's like, eh. Anyways, yeah, man. No, it's been a while. Um, wanted to do some episodes this week um, to finish off the year. Of course, um, this this episode we're going to talk about what I've learned um, in my first full year of private practice, um, second year of um, actually private practice, working in private practice, going into my third year, and what I learned along the way. Um, we'll do that episode today. We'll also do an episode about um, grief and loss during the holiday season. Um, and then also we'll do one, which has been a major topic of discussion around last couple of weeks, which is, um, you know, black men and suicide. And um, we'll talk about that due to the um, the loss of uh, the young man from the Ellen show, DJ Twitch, I think his name is. Um and so there's a lot of discussion that's coming about about that. So I definitely want to top into that and kind of end my year of on that. Um, I will be taking a break from the Everybody Relax podcast next year. Um, just got a lot of things going on, things I want to explore. Not sure if I'm going to come back to it or not. Not sure if I'm going to shut it down completely, but I will be taking time away from Everybody Relax podcast. So definitely enjoy these last three. We'll, op- we'll be open to receiving... Um, We'll be open to looking forward to become guests on other people's podcasts. Um, so if you need a guest for your show, please reach out to me. Um, if you're learning, if you actually want to learn how to podcast and, you know, build a show from the ground up, I can also facilitate that with some consulting. Um, so if you're interested in that, let me know. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to be taking some time away from it. Um, I've been podcasting for, you know, five years now. Um, so, you know. Everything has to come to an end at some point. So, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just going to put it on pause for a little bit for next year. Okay. So, let's move on. Let's let's go ahead and do our thing. Um, man, listen, man, listen, 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 listen. So, I started my private practice, um, as you guys know, in 2020, the height of the pandemic. Um, and uh, virtually, right? Did the virtually part-time while I was working full-time. 2021, I said I was going to jump out there and jump out the window and start my own private practice, go full-time with this thing. And that's what I did. I did that in June 2021. Um, you know, did that episode about that as far as that first year, half a year in it. And now with my first full year as an entrepreneur, self-employed, private practice business owner, I've learned a lot about myself along the way. Um, The things that bother me in the first six, eight months of entrepreneurship don't even really bother me this much anymore. Uh, They they barely are dropping the bucket at this point. Um, You know, goals and priorities shift. Um, Of course, in that same frame of me jumping out the windows, starting my business, I also had my son in May of uh, 2022. So that was a major adjustment. And I'll talk about that in a little bit um, with the business and everything like that. Um, Full-time entrepreneurship, part-time entrepreneurship are different. 
They just are. Um, because one, if you still got everything going on, you know, full-time job, you know, which I talk to a lot of therapists who have full-time jobs and full-time private practice in the sense of what it means for as maybe for as caseload, but they still do that on the side. Right. And I think, you know, that's a, that's a good thing to do. Um, I just, I know me, I would probably get tired at some point, right. Of trying to balance both of the things, but depending on how you build your practice, um, I can see the benefit of both. Right. And I, and I, and I personally think that folks, looking to do private practice should either start out part-time right or start out under somebody and then learn the ropes and then you know then they would go ahead and um and then do their own thing whether it's part-time full-time or whatever it may be right so a couple things that i learned and this is going to be like kind of a business aspect and a private practice therapist owner it's not so much realistically the private practice and the therapist I think that comes second nature, realistically, as being a therapist in the field. Um, I've had some turnover on clients, ones that gotten better and just moved on, um, and ones that may have transitioned um, because we weren't a good fit, um, or they have moved on after you know when I took the time off, extended time off with my um birth of my son which is fine i don't i don't mind that i'm a pro client first anyways like you know you gotta do what's best for you if we're not a good fit you know cool um if, if you think that we need you need more cool we can do that i'm not i'm not hand holding or not you know holding any back from the treatment that they need if i'm definitely not giving it to them right um secondly um so you know, secondly, and I try to keep up with clients, you know, some some drop off and I just, you know, do what I can um, and and try to be there as much as I can possible. Try to keep that door open for them, and, you know, because people drop out. People drop out of therapy, then they come back in when a couple months later. I, I just I just believe in giving space for that. Right. You know, sometimes they sometimes they don't owe you a, a explanation, you know. Cool. But I try to keep that that door open, you know, because I know for at least for my clientele, you know, these are first time folks getting into therapy or they had somebody didn't fit. You know what I'm saying? So. um, So. Most of this, like from a therapist perspective, mental professional, everything is fine. Billing is fine, whatever. I added on some things going forward for the year. Right. To kind of, you know, help me out, you know, with, with, with the income and then also just, you know, with capital. But, you know, some of these things, it was like, OK, I started it like I got a biller. I got payroll services to, you know, and start the, the thought of increasing the expanding the practice. Didn't go well. Um, cost a lot of money, cost a lot of money for payroll. Got to be aware of that if you want to do payroll. Cost a lot of money for a biller. But. I will say the biller is the most important part, part, part ugh, most important piece of the practice. So personally, if it was me when I first started my practice, I would have one went back into uh, I would have went into private practice with one other person. Right. And I also would have hired a biller first and I would have looked at the grant money 
to start the practice. So I would have did those three things as I'm sitting and reflecting back from this old year, because the biller is super important. She re- she's resolved so many issues that on the back end side that it would have took me years and time and, and days to get it, get it done. Right. She knows directly where to go. Hire a biller. If you don't want to hire a bookkeeper, if you don't want to hire a, um, a second person or, you know, intern, whatever, or a payroll person, hire a biller. That's going to save you so much time, energy, and stress. And I'm so thankful for my biller um, with everything, man, because she's been super helpful um, with with everything, right? And then as as I grow, she can grow with me. If I want to expand, she can help, you know, do that. Like one of the biggest things she helped me do was, you know, submit my application to become an MPI too so I can expand. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known how to do all that if it wasn't for her. Had I known what I knew now, I would have hired her off the break before I even jumped into private practice. That's just me. Um, payroll services, there's a bunch of ones out there. I had ADP. ADP is solid. It's great. It has a lot of features, um, but it's expensive, you know, so it costs per each payroll, whether it's taxes and also the fee weekly to get it done. Um, and so I said I was going to look into if I go back to thinking about the expansion, I might look into ADP again. But then also um, Herd, which does bookkeeping and payroll together, um, which is something I'm looking to looking forward as well. So it is around the same amount of month. So um, but bookkeeper payroll services is just, you know, amazing. One of the other things, too, though, if you buy yourself single, though, you just kind of can move a little bit differently. But time and energy auditing managing expenses right you want some of these services if, if and if not if anything right like I, if i don't have anything i'm not using any of these bookkeeping things or people right i have quickbooks which has different components in it that kind of ba- balances my expenses and you know income but you know one thing i've learned you know in this year is like the biller is necessary and i would probably benefit from a bookkeeping service just just frame of mind right I also learned that in, in the midst of it's, it's, it's tied together in the midst of me having my son asking myself these questions, managing the business and practice, managing my clients and everything else I got going on. You know, you get to the realization because a lot of times we think we can do everything by ourselves and we can do everything by ourselves until we reach a certain point. So at my certain point, my breaking point was probably this summer and this fall with my son because, you know, I couldn't do everything on my own, right? I, I can't run my business effectively um, and manage everything else while trying to manage a household and manage a newborn, right? Manage my wife, manage my six-year-old. So that had pushed me into, you know, really auditing my own self-care, but auditing my own, you know, financial spending, um, things I really wanted versus things I really needed. And then also services, right, that's needed at this point, bare bone services, right? You know what I'm saying? So I had to cut that payroll, but I kept my biller because my biller is just, you know, helpful on all the fronts, stuff I can't control and, and learn about, right? Um, which reminds me I need to email her about something. But anyways, so that's 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 one thing, right? And then, you know, financially piece is understanding like, well, shoot. If, if if the income ain't there, stuff ain't getting paid. So these people gonna have to wait until we figure out the, the income, get some more income in, and you know get it together. Because if I ain't got it, you ain't got it. So hey, no, don't nobody got it. And that mindset is kind of it can be kind of scarce at times. You know what I'm saying? 
But I think it's a good reality to help manage the financial anxieties of running a business in a private practice where you might end up saying, well, you might overexert yourself to get things done, see more clients, do more speaking engagements or whatever. And then you don't have no time and energy. The thing about this thing, right, running a business, being a private practice owner, is you are going to something's going to cost you either way, whether it's time, whether it's energy or whether it's finances. This is one of the things I tell my clients, too. It's going to cost what it's going to cost either way. You know what I'm saying? So you have to decide which thing, right, you are okay with losing, right, versus you know, okay with keeping on the plate and making sure that you're getting it. And that's a really, really big, you know, big decision to make at times between time, energy, money, right? I personally like to keep my time and money consistent. I'm okay with my energy levels being a little bit lower because I can, I know what I can do with low energy. Uh, I know I did a speaking engagement earlier this year um, and I only had two hours of sleep. You know what I'm saying? And I could have done better, I think, speaking-wise, but it still was good to me, um, you know, as far as topic and, you know, engagement and stuff like that. But I only had two hours of sleep. Couldn't do nothing about that. So time, energy, money. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to lose? Other thing I learned by myself is that I am more willing to um, sacrifice Right. For the good of work, whether that's, you know, the practice, business, speaking, whatever, any type of work creatively, whatever. That's, I'm, I'm I will sacrifice any and all for that, but I won't sacrifice any and all for self-care. So um, that is a problem that I need to address, which I will be addressing next year, going into next year. And that's one of the things we have to understand as private practice and business owners, man. Uh, we have to really be strategic in our self-care time. We have to be strategic in taking time off, taking time to be for our family, but also be intentional what type of activities we need to do in order to um, disconnect from the work that we do. And so one of the things that I've done over the past couple of months, because it was so consuming, I was working here, you know, doing this, doing that, um, doing mental health with, you know, in the private practice, seeing it online, seeing it and speaking engagements, you know, all this, man, I had to separate it, man. So one of the things that I did do, I took a social media fast for a little bit, which has been super helpful. Um, secondly, I also, I started getting back into video games and, um, just to kind of take my, my, my mind away from the job and from the work. I really feel like business is 24 seven. So like, and mental health is 24-7. So the work that I do especially is 24-7. So if I'm not separating it, I get consumed very easily and um, I get distracted. And I get distracted because I'm so deep into the work that I'm not coming up for air. So then everything else kind of suffers as a result of that. So one thing that I've been doing is, you know, um, like I said, video games in, in between sessions or video games at the night to kind of just break that monotony. I could not, I, you know, one of the things I always talk about, like self-care routines have to, you know, switch and flip flop between, you know, each season or whatever you're dealing with, working with, but I could not find nothing to switch my mind over. It was very hard for me to switch out of go mode 
therapist mode, business mode at times. And it was like exhausting to me. And, um, and I was switching. And the thing about it too, might've been exacerbated by, you know, the newborn was I was switching between therapist, dad, therapist, dad, therapist, dad, therapist, husband, therapist, husband, back and forth all day and, um, not having anything else in between. So things got consuming. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, you got to have something that's totally opposite, I feel like, of what you do to break it up and separate the work. Because if not, it's going to consume you. It's going to consume you. Um, sticking to your guns also as well. Um, I've stuck to not accepting anybody just yet. Uh, I haven't accepted anybody for almost all year. Nah, probably since spring. I haven't accepted anybody since spring because of the gap. I didn't know what was going to happen when I had birth of my son as far as, you know, scheduling-wise. Um, did take some hits as a result of taking that gap and lost some clients. But at the end of the day, as I, you know, when I'm stressed about money or I stress about the business, I'm like, you know, I can only do what I can do. And this also affords me the opportunity to be here for my family and I just got to make those necessary sacrifices, which is good because my my two kids, my whole household was sick two weeks ago and I was able to stay home with my daughter. Um, and, you know, we got, you know, childcare for my, my in-laws, but she was able to stay home with her with me, you know, while I was doing my sessions, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I thought that was like, that was one of those blessings where it was like, dang, you know, it, it might not be perfect. It might not be super booming just yet, but the fact that I'm able to sit here, get my sessions done while managing and making sure that my daughter is okay is very important to me because that keeps my my, my, my schedule open. And I was like, dang, if I'm working, I'll be out of the office. I'll be at home. Or I had to take leave. You know what I'm saying? That would affect things. And so I'm grateful for that. So, you know, flexibility in your scheduling is the biggest thing. One of the things I've loved about my schedule today, my this this year, is I've set my prime opportunity schedule up where it's Tuesday. I have Mondays, admin days, Tuesday, Wednesdays is, is typically heavy sessions, and Thursday afternoons. I don't have no Thursday evenings anymore, which is um you know it's kind of where it falls at. And then every couple of Saturdays I have a session of session or so, which is dope, right? So I think going forward. Um, I'm actually might going to nix Thursdays and I'm just going to keep Tuesday, Wednesday and um, Saturday and um, just do that. And uh, that's my that's a good schedule for me, man, because it gives me time to break up the week, do other things. And then also concentrate here on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when I do do sessions and stuff like that. And um, I love that schedule. I love that schedule. Now, I might be getting to some, some other stuff next year where it's going to fill up that week a little bit more. But I think it's a good balance between the two. So flexibility and scheduling. You got to choose what scheduling works best for you. That schedule might not work best for anybody else. I don't want to do no work on Fridays. I'd rather just do some calls and meetings. And right now I'm doing too many meetings on Fridays, so I need to cut that back. But, you know, I, I really, with with my life, with my schedule, with my business, with my family, like that schedule is really helpful for me. The next thing I would like to do is cut my evenings off a little bit more because I'm having to be more present at home you know, around the, around that time. And so seven o'clock is really late. I've cut my eight o'clocks out. So I don't do see no eight o'clocks at all. Um, but seven o'clock is the next chopping one chopping block. But if I can really get to a point where I end at five, right. Or in at six, that would be ideal for me. But that means I need to push up a lot of other people because I do have working class folks that work with me who can't come on till six or seven. 
So, you know, you got to think about that, you know, idea client-wise. Um, but, you know, lastly, I also learned, you know, I learned about my spending habits. I learned, you know, financially how I spend, why I spend, and when I do it. That was a hard pill to swallow for me. But it was a necessary piece if I want to stay in entrepreneurship. Because if you don't know your spending habits, you don't know why you spend, you don't know what you spend frivolous on or whatever, or if you're spending so much that you can't take time off, then you got to address that. And that's going to cost you in business. And I feel like it has cost me a couple of times, um, a lot in business until I got it checked. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm going forward, you know, next year of getting a check, um, you know. And so that's one big takeaway that I took away from that is like, you know, you got to understand financially what you're doing and why you're spending. And it's for me, it was like, well, I'm spending because I'm trying to, you know, praise myself and give myself a reward for all the hard work. But in that reward, right, it's mostly temporary or it's something that's not fulfilling enough you know, long term, which is i.e. rest or rewards or relaxation. And I might buy it, but then later on I'm still exhausted and tired and there's no break. So that's where some of that self care routine, self care financially comes in, where you're giving yourself space to rest because you ain't gotta worry about, you know, making this amount of money this week because you already got that money stacked up or saved already and you can say, Oh, I can take this week off and do nothing or, you know, go somewhere because the money is there versus spending on frivolous things, which are, you know, only their function is only temporary satisfaction, but it still does not address the long-term exhaustion. So you have to take account for that. So, um, that's one thing I really, really learned this year, night and day difference between this four first full year, versus me jumping out the window and that's six to eight months i can remember how stressed i was jumping out the window and trying to manage everything to the point where i'm at now where it feels like i've been doing this for years you feel what i'm saying so um all in all i love entrepreneurship man i do um i love it and but it's taxing but it's rewarding and so i see why people can get stuck in the entrepreneurship wave because it is rewarding and I think, like I said, going back to that first example, that last example of my daughter, she was sick and I was just able to stay home and still do my sessions. I was like, dang, this is crazy. Even though I had an office space where I had to see people in person, right, I still could have did the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Still wouldn't have had no issue with it. So, um, yeah, man, so I'm just thankful for that um, with that. So, all in all, man, I think with um, everything going on um, this first full year, man, is that, you know, as a recap, one, um, make sure you know what your schedule and managing your schedule looks like, what schedule works best for you, not what schedule has worked for you or you probably had to just do because of your job. Scheduling is key. Understand that you might want certain products and services from people to build at your practice, but it might not be time, right? So, you might want these products and services. They might look good, nice, and shiny, what they will cost, and they might be too expensive for you as far as expense-wise right now. They might not be in the budget, and that's okay. If you start them, you can see if they're in the budget. But if they start costing you and it's not proven fruitful, just another expense, cut them. Um, third, understand why you buy, right? Understand your financial health and your financial spending habits. Why are you buying this for? What do you need to buy this for? Is this buying out of force of habit or is this buying out of necessity or are you just trying to, you know, survive? Right. 
make sure you understand yourself financially while you're in this thing, right? And business wise. Fourth, it's okay schedule out it's okay to schedule out time for your self care. You know, taking time to and shout out to Bob Schaefer, you know, reinforcing that in me. Um scheduling out time and building out time just as much as you would build out a client or, you know, schedule out time for a client. You know what I'm saying? So self-care is important. Five, understanding what you're willing to sacrifice, time, energy, or money. What three things are you willing to sacrifice outside of that? Because one of them is going to cost. Something is always going to cost you, and it's it's going to be either time, energy, or money. So make sure you check that out. Um, if y'all got questions about private practice, I might be doing some consulting um, or some coaching around private practice owners um, here soon. Not so much how to build and expand because everybody wants to do that, right? <laughs> but how to get started and how to get your footing. Um, I didn't see a lot of stuff out there for us around that. And it's some stuff that I've learned now in year first full year two years going to three years um, now than I did when I first jumped out the window and did it. Um, and so I might be doing some 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 uh, coaching around that, so y'all might want to stick around for that. But, yeah, man, um, and then, you know, also with your clients, man, like I said, I think the therapy piece, being a therapist is the easy part of this. Realistically, 100,000%, man. I, I, I don't have no gripes around the therapy side. I've had I, – I really don't. In comparison to the larger scheme of the business, no, no, it's always been it's always business stuff. It's never therapy stuff. I come in and do my therapy, and that's it. Um, the thing about it is that I just have to make sure I'm taking care of myself because if not, then you know my my therapy and my clients suffer. But you know, other side of that, man, no, no, and my clients are getting better, so you know they need needing less sessions, so that's good. So um, the therapy side is easy. The business side is a whole different beast. I'm trying to tell you. So, but it's it, it's, it's doable. It's not it's not nothing that's not doable. Just want to let y'all know that it's doable. You know what I'm saying? With lack of training experience, because once you go full time and it's your money, you got ain't got no choice but to follow and figure out what's going on because you got to get bills to pay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, man. Y'all make sure y'all um let me know what y'all think about this episode. Let me know if you got any questions. Uh look out if I look out for coaching. I might be doing stuff like that. Um and yeah, just keep me updated. Let me know, man. All right. Y'all take care, man. Have a good day. Have a good holiday season, I suppose. And New Year. All right. Oh.